watching prohibition fall down. What up, DGC? Grow talk after a hell of a growing fun weekend. You yeah. Like that? that was pretty original. <laughs> yeah, it was a good time, man. Good to see you, dude. Thanks for, for, for coming back into the country, man. It was good, good to get back down there, man. Getting back down to the States, to America. I just felt privileged to use Uber. I was, like, stoked to be able to get around. <laughs> nice. So, no. But other than that, guys, it was a great weekend. We're going to have a little bit of update on it on uh, tomorrow's show, too, with some more Wake and Bake America coming back at you today. We got some grow talk. If you didn't catch, Scotty, there was some grow talk yesterday with uh, Duke Diamond. Yeah. And who's he chatting with? He's chatting with Skunk VA and Adam Dunn. Yeah, they're just doing a little. Uh, we we were there actually. If you guys get to watch it, I filmed. I actually got Guru's job for just a little bit. He's like, "Look, all you got to do is set down the camera and hit this button, okay? Don't screw it up." <laughs> but anyway, it's really good. A little bit of grow talk, a little bit of breeder talk, history of of those cats that went up, and as well as it'll be like a part two. So catch those if you haven't. In the meantime, let's uh, let's get into this grow talk, Scott. I gotta pack my pack my bowl up. Yeah, I will thank all the DGC that left me with man some amazing. Weed. I think Melty made me this beautiful, I think it was Melty that made me this jar. Uh, man, but just loaded with delicious weed, man. So I'm enjoying it. We were just talking before the show trying to get the name straight down. We're like, it's, it's hard tough. when we're hanging out in our <laughs> truck. Everybody's got a joint. There's a rig going. Like, it, it, it does. Cannabis affects memory in that situation. But... Good. Fabulous, fabulous <laughs> times, guys. Uh, I'm going to do executive producer, man. DGC, I'm going to give it up to just all the DGC that showed up there. Uh, who else was there? I think it was uh, Jose kicking, man, bringing that mega joint that as well fun. as many concentrates. And you, you're, I'm going to know your favorite was the guy running the dab bar. Who we got? Uh, well, guy running Frosty the dab Mc, bar. Frosty McNuggets. Yeah, there yes. was a bunch of people. Come on, Tanazi brought like a six pack of fucking some of the highest quality concentrates that I've, I've ever experienced, man. So it was guys like Frosty and Tanazi that showed up and, uh, man, just schooled me, man. Schooled me on them concentrates. Yeah, we got to get them on the show, man. They're local. I know that you were like, shit, you guys got to come up and talk about this stuff. The five finger hash. So I'll put that on you. Deal. Deal, man. I'll, I'll have those guys come up and smoke <coughs> with me any day. Uh, talk a little bit about, uh, a little bit more about it next show. I guess this is the rust coming off. You don't do a show for a few days in the weekend, <laughs> and now I'm just starting to talk a little heavy. But, guys, before we get into the grow talk here, we're going to see who's growing some dank from the DGC. You guys out there over on DudeGrows.com. Hit it up under the latest. All right. Yeah, it's or, my sorry. buddy. My buddy Strawberry Yields over here, bro. Yeah, this is a good one here. This is uh, Harvest Number Two, Strawberry Fields by Strawberry Yields. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, hey, y'all, first off, shout out to Scotty for the mad chill call Saturday. Uh, doing, a little, doing a little DGC chatting. Yeah, yeah. I like to hang out with the crew. Absolutely. Look, look forward to bullshitting with you again sometime. Been well since I posted anything on here. On my second grow now, I started my first grow with some CFLs and a prayer. <laughs> it's compact fluorescent lighting and a prayer that right. probably need two to go together there. <laughs> and eventually snagged a Mars Hydro 480 for cheap. I walked away with decent harvest and was really proud of it. The smoke was awesome, and I made it at last a decent length of time considering how much I gave away. Awesome. <laughs> I love it. It's what it's for. It's hard to plan that out. What's that? I said, that's what it's for, man. Give it away. Give it away now. It is because one, you want to show off your dank too, but then you got to make sure you plan ahead that you don't, you don't run out for yourself. You know, you gotta, if you can't take care of yourself, you can't take care of anybody else is what they say. All right. So because I'm growing an all Pete this time pro mix with Micah Rizai and man, it has been totally different ball game than my first classic error. 
Didn't realize the differences in each meter, and for a while had to look at like a deficiency problem. I hit up some for forms and was told a little more like hydro since peat is inert. Yeah, we got to remember that as growers, like hydro, people think water, but cocoa's hydro, peat's hydro, mix of cocoa and peat's hydro. Yeah, so, you're just giving a little bit of, of nutrient every time you water. That, that's what I think about when I think about inert. He goes, I uh, started to do, they responded awesome and have been thriving ever since, since he learned inert micro feedings every watering. So for Christmas, I was gifted a rapid LED 100 watt logic puck, plug and play kit, threw it up in there to help supplement the Mars. Talk about a game changer. You can yeah. see it. In this Can't wait to get another one in there too. I'm using Aurora Solutions Bloom Infinity and Big Swell. I hit with Humboldt, Humboldt's Calyx Magnum. I've never heard of that, but I'm suspicious of a product name called Cal Calyx Magnum. <laughs> that's awesome. Who, who named that's like, that, man? That's, yeah, like a product called Wet Betty. I mean, is this agricultural? Right. Any guys, the colors I'm getting this time are insane, and I'm loving how cool my tents are getting all lights out. That's probably helping in those colors. Harvest is this week, and I cannot wait to smoke it. Because this strain is really helpful for my depression. I got these two, these, these is bag seed. I couldn't be more stoked that everything I remembered about it came through in these two grows also. So dig it, man. Couldn't recommend it enough. If you like strawberry strains but need an indica to calm you, or to calm your tits, feel ha-ha. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, man. Big frosty nugs, though, huh? Dude, That's no. These a hell look of a great. yield. Bag seed, free, a.k.a. to a degree, free seed. Got to be careful with it, but I'm glad I kicked that out for you, man. Thank Fuck you, yeah. Strawberry Yields. Oh, shit worked. Beautiful, man. Keep up the good work, brother. All right, who else we got here? One more. Since we got, you guys have been getting them up over there. I appreciate it. Over Dank Nugs on Dude Grows. I was talking about it at the show. I'm like, I kind of almost over it. And I can't be, I guess, in this game with Instagram. I'm like, dude, put it up over on Dude Grows and hitting it up. Even though I know I can't shit on Instagram because our community is so heavily into Instagram for communicating and sharing info and all kinds of shit. Yeah. But I just did a little bit. All right. This is Freebie Heavyweight Seeds Goldmine by Curly Maple Bandit. All right. So this is a freebie seed. I love it. Yeah. Another one. This is day 49. supposed to be a 65 to 70 day strain. Only ones I've seen grown online seem to come down in the 50s due to nanners. Mm. So he's saying, oh, in the like day, like they don't finish out, like in the 55 yeah, days. Yeah, they got to pull them early range. because they have nanners, yeah. And if it's, okay, it goes, we'll be watching out, but currently nothing else running, so I may run her and her, they're added week and a half. She's not looking half bad. Running nectar line and cocoa, SLF 100 and photosynthesis plus, 4x4 four four under 450 watt, do-it-yourself cobs, uh, and 3,500 Kelvin. My question is, I was just hanging with, uh, well, Dinesh was at the Indo Expo, and that product switch, man, I forgot. He's like, dude, because he was helping somebody with it, and I was just listening and hanging out at his booth. Right. And he's the guy came up and was like, you know, I have a strain, uh, some shit prone to Herm. He's like, you use this day one and you use this day 10, and you use it lightly. You know, you really don't want to hit hard. Right. Um, you can get burn or leaf deformity, and when you're trying to prevent Herm, and in the same with this, that what's in it, the, uh, what is it? Um, Guru, what's in those products? Ethylene. Like I, ethylene. Or, or uh, I mean, it, it, it's all about ethylene. Sometimes it, it's either blocking or uh, uh, if it's trying to ripen it faster, having more ethylene. I can't remember which way that that product actually works. So ethylene must be the same thing that also it's initiating flower a little bit quicker. Mm -hmm. than it, that, it, that. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a huge female hormone for ripening in fruit. Gotcha. So he was educating him on that. I recommend it as well. And shout out to Optic Fuller. 
then you guys want to pimp out your garden with some fuller spray, check them out, opticfuller.com. But that product specifically as a preventative, he's, he's like, it's one of my most popular products, man, because people don't want to deal with herms and it helps initiating flower a little bit quicker. But ask him about using it if you have any issues. It's a product that you do need to be careful with and use properly, as with all foliar sprays. All right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What you got? I had to go and narrate two who's growing some dank questions before I forgot to shout out about membership because I think I just came home and just got too high off my own weed because I was away from it for a little bit. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, membership. I wanted to get into that before we hit the grow talk. Guys, members, has its benefits. StuGrows.com. There's a link. $10 a month. Our auction, auction, giveaway coming up here February 15th to any member is the Source source Extract Turbo. Do I have that right? Extract Craft Source Turbo. There you go. Jeez, it's like your regenerative organic cannabis <laughs> conference no-till love sun grown. Uh, but that thing is being given away February 15th. We'll announce the winner on the show. Anybody can win up. you got to sign up to become a member of the DGC. And when you do that, you're also going to get 30% off recharge. We're going to continue to do gear giveaways. We have some Spectrum Kings coming up. Yep. Uh, free seeds from seeds here now. We're working on what I'm going to call like a seed swap before the DGC Cup. Uh, I'm going to try and do some member benefits for as well. And check it all out over at dudegrows.com, and we'll keep you in the loop on more of it. Yeah, and I will say that we've been pushing this members uh, pretty hard for the last year, year, dude, right? I'd say we've been yep. yeah. getting there. And so that we went to an event last week, and we actually were able to uh, kind of have a presence there. I mean, we called up the guy, uh, what the owner of the Indo Expo. He gave us a spot right up front. We parked, a, we didn't go high ditch, but because of the, uh, the members, we were able to go get a rental truck. I don't know what it cost us. We'll put a table inside with a dab rig from Bean, uh, from Gobi rather. And man, we had a good time. I mean, we had, shit, we must have had 100 people stop by that place, no? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and when you so, see people like that and you see people, I was telling plenty of guys like, this is what why I like to go to these events because meeting the DGC is like, you know, stokes the fire for the, the show and for doing grow talk and for helping people out. So yeah, I feel you. Yeah, it absolutely gets a lot of information out there. I mean, there was all sorts, like I said, I'm, I'm stuck on these extracts because there was all these extracts where I was like, man, I didn't even know that this was happening. I didn't even know this that, that there were artists doing this type of work out there. And, you know, I want to learn more about it. I want to bring it to the, yeah. to the the crew as well. So it was really Dude, good. Dude, if we get there. to my goal of a thousand members, we're going to have one hell of a party yes I mean, we are guys behind the scenes <laughs> just in a nutshell we got a team we pay we got guru i'm a father of two scotty's a parent this is almost a full-time job for me and i'm not i'm not like sitting here trying to kill it but we want to make it happen for the dgc dgc cup coming up it's gonna be badass more info coming on that that's uh being fun to build and as soon as tickets are on sale i'll let you guys know and buy them quick if you're coming it's gonna sell out from the vibe we got at the indo expo so. yeah yeah i'm psyched for that I'll keep everybody in the loop. I'll announce it on the Grow Talk show. All right. I want to get into uh, what else we got here. Let's hit a Grow Talk question. Yes. Yes. Basil Groot says hi. Basil Groot says hi? He was great in that movie, man. I think I said I was, I'm was. i going to be – I was walking around the Indo Expo. I was like, you know what? I'm going to be – when I'm reincarnated, we were talking about Afterlife. I'm, like, I'm going to be Groot. <laughs> it's big, dude, think about his skills. You know, you see tree roots coming up through roads, or you know, like, tr like plants are stronger than steel. That's what I'll tell you. Deal. About that. Deal, sir. Let's have a debate. I'll go with more resilient. Let's go with more resilient <laughs> than steel, because I, I don't think it's stronger, but definitely more resilient. They're gonna start making them expanse and bridges back out of wood and shit. It's gonna be great. Yeah, they're way right. better to smoke. <laughs> Basil Groot says hi by Digi Scales. 
So he goes, hey, DDC, happy New Year's from Mass. And we're catching up on some growth talk, huh? Uh, which has been awesome. Just wanted to stop by and say that this podcast has confirmed and debunked a bunch of things that I was having problems with. I appreciate that. All right. Questions get answered before I can ask one. It's like you guys can hear my thoughts. <laughs> I've been in the dirt since I was a kid growing veggies, but this is my third practice attempt after completely destroying my first plant, White Widow, due to mites. And my second attempt showed to produce one female out of five plants. That's uh, you should usually get at least I'm hoping two. Right. That would kind of be upsetting, especially when you get if you're completely adhering to the plant count. You're like, oh, I grew four plants and I got half of a female. Hit her. Anyway, uh, says that who grew healthy as I have knowledge that chopped them back into the soil and started over. After finding the podcast, I was able to purchase better genetics from seeds here now. Learn about recharge and troubleshoot my grow better. Oh, the last right. hit thing, the ground running, brother. The last thing is on the hit list is the lights. I'm currently running two 600-watt blurpees from Amazon, which the dude trashes every time they get mentioned. You Hilarious, anti-blurpite. <laughs> I have my eyes on SK402 from Spectrum King for my first attempt at an actual grow, but for now I'm going to practice with these lights. I'm around day 60, and soon I'd like to go into flower and once I, once I finish my LST, low-stress training. Here's the question. Do you think yucca, cocoa, Recharge the first two weeks of flower and earthworms casting is a good alternative to compost teas for a no-till living soil grow. I don't have the setup yet to brew my teas, but I want to be able to add something during flower. And also, I put my carbon. Well, let's hit that first. And then we got a carbon filter question. If you turkeys. can't make compost teas, do you really want to do a no-till living soil grow? Wait, 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 wait. Hold up. If you can't make compost teas, how do you? Yucca, cocoa, and recharge is going to and and worm castings is going to make a should make a pretty good like close to a compost tea. Sure. It's just not yeah, gonna I mean, have it's the full neat. full diversity of a compost tea, but the bacteria and fungi that are in recharge are really targeted to be able to operate in the this type of environment and rhizosphere and be really functional together. So you know what's interesting when you talk about compost teas? Cause he's gonna make compost teas, Scotty. He says, you know, he just can't do it right now. Um, and then I don't know if it was the bug lady, Suzanne, that was at the regenerative conference. And she's like, it's interesting to see all these people that want to compost tea this and different, right. But they really don't have much of an idea at all what's in there or the count of it. Or like, you know what I mean? She's just sitting there talking about kind of our community, but it's changing now. Things are changing with advancements such as like, you know, mammoth microbes digging deep with PhDs and doctors into specific and how the shelf life. And I think the story was like they started off with like 100 or 200,000 microbes and got it down to five that were resilient enough to handle the environments they wanted them to. Right. But compost teas. And I guess you would say it's like, well, it's just is this just anecdotal evidence that one homie over here has a recipe for compost tea and it works great for his plants. I don't think many people are really getting their microscopes out and fully understanding what's in there. Or am I wrong? I, I mean, do you really need to understand what's in there if it's working? I mean, if you're if you're brewing a ton of bacillus, I like it. I, exactly. yeah. <laughs> I, I think no, we we do want to know that the stuff that's in there is working and that it's working to its full potential, and that's why people use uh, more like professionally. Formulated micro Ooh, packages. It's more professionally that, work. Or well, no, they're, they're they're professionally formulated ones that are targeted. The bacteria and fungi that are in there have been bred to be uh, able to operate in like sure. a normal horticulture and environment. That's not in, like, native soils, and they're bred for virulence so that they're stronger than other course. ones and more resilient. So 
And that's the difference I mean, between it, buying a, a name brand. That's the difference between brewing your own compost tea right. or using Recharge to make almost an instant compost tea. My point is if what you're doing works, then it works. It doesn't matter if you have the name for that that microbe or not. Definitely. You know? and, and to to him, I would recommend go ahead and use the Recharge with some yucca and worm castings as like a, a as your compost tea now. And then when you're actually able to brew your own compost teas, add the recharge at the end of the compost tea brewing right before you're about to use it, just so that you get the biological diversity of the compost from the worm castings you were using, but then the really functional targeted microbes from recharge in there at the same time. I'll agree. I'll agree with the center square. No, Hollywood Square. I'll summarize what Guru said, and this is the more people are at the party, the better the plants can react, man. You know, diversify that root zone out. But not, I mean, to an extent. I mean, if you talk to somebody, you know, uses a microscope, they'll tell you that. Uh, You're duplicating and accessing? Well, they outcompete. You know, they, they, the uh, stronger microbes will outcompete weaker. Oh, then you introduce See, the trichoderma, and that's like the badass of the party that's killing everybody. So, and no, it, but if you just spent, just real quick, if you just spent a whole shitload of money for mycorrhizae and you, you a bunch of mycorrhizae spores, you put those mycorrhizae spores on there and then you brew them with trichoderma as well. Um, the trichoderma is going to outcompete, especially if you've got any kind of nutrient in there. But in just, well, with that specific example, yes. But with a lot of microbes, it's not always just direct competition with each other. Sometimes they'll start to form functional groups where they operate better. And Ooh. as a whole, the community is doing better if there's uh, certain blends of certain types of microbes in there so that they're, because they'll add up to more of a sum of their parts to where they're able to complete biological processes a lot so They're quicker. just like many they're humans, different races. Pretty much, yeah, actually. And having, tribes, having, the, together. having that diversity is, is pretty important. It's And it, what you're saying is, is very true because the biggest problem they have is when they try to study microbes, uh, if you try to study them individually, they, they that's not how things uh, work. You know, things work in, in groups. Uh, so when you, when you study microbes, uh, when you study them, you study them in groups. And, and There's so many different potential symbiotic relationships that can be going on and so many different types of microbes and so many different undiscovered types of microbes yep. that uh, it's a little bit daunting of a challenge. But there's the science is really starting to work towards finding them and isolating them and then being able to recreate those, which is cool. Yeah. And I mean, the analogy is it's like taking someone and putting them uh, in a prison cell alone. And then is that, are you really going to get the same performance out of somebody than if you put them in a society and let them interact? I don't know. I have a different analogy. Like if you use something like recharge with great white, they go to war with each other in the rise of the sphere. <laughs> no, we all just, know who wins. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. that it's so funny to a very, very, very small niche of people. And most of them are listening. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Grow talk, grow product humor. Anyway. Getting you know off base. I, I had one I more question. I went out here. to the great white guy and said hello to him and just say, they called us and tried to support the show one time. And I was like, well, that's very cool of you. Um, and great white's the one that introduced me to mycorrhizae and, uh, and that, that whole, you know, soil microbe, you know, arena. So yeah, I yeah. like those guys, man. Just having some fun. One more <laughs> question in here. Uh, let's see. We're in the, uh, going to the terp here. And also, should I put my carbon filter outside the tent to avoid terping loss or am I not there yet due to the light deficiency? Here's some specs for my grow. And we pretty much know what he's got going on with his lights and stuff. I always, well, I, I use, go ahead. Yeah. You, you're going to say the same thing I, I am, right? Regarding the carbon filter. I always used to put it 
I have one in my grow until I learned about this many, many years ago. And yeah, after that, I never have one in my grow. Scrub my space, exhaust space by the grow, but never in the grow. I agree. I think, and I mean, if if you're worried about getting busted, you can. Oh certainly, yeah, yeah. I'll deal with some terpene loss. Yeah, to better not go safe to jail than sorry. If you're in Oklahoma, but, just yes. trying to get their prices for the pound right now on the lowdown. Yeah, run like four carbon filters in your garden. Sling the weight. Yeah, better safe than sorry, but you are going to experience terpene loss. Yeah, I, I, I found that and actually learned that from uh, speaking, yeah, with, uh, I think it was the owner at the time of Psychonutrients when he's over here visiting when I worked retail. He's like, you do what? That's crazy. <laughs> Wait, and, and I've even seen where you can tell in a room which which from the terpenes on the plants, which part of the room the carbon filter was in. Because right. the furthest away from it is going to experience uh, the least amount of loss from it. Well, I mean, that's something that I've learned. This so you got like a dank corner of your room, and it's because you got a carbon filter in the other corner of the room. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, this year I've learned to, to uh, respect terpenes. I'll say that they absolutely do volatize off, even if it's just leaving the lid off my jar. Uh, you can definitely lose a whole bunch of uh, of smell and flavor from just leaving the lid off your. And job, in, man. in that, you're you're losing a whole bunch of effect from it because a lot of the effect from cannabis is from the the terpenes and other cannabinoids, not just the THC. And if those start to volatize off, you're losing that from it and not getting the full medicinal benefit of the flower. Interesting, man. Started a book, THC and Me. <laughs> Probably a title already out there. Uh, all right. Before the next grow talk, I did want to give, I'm going to call this, this is a, a new segment, um, the deep thoughts with Dr. Colin Bell. Oh. Now Colin's with Mammoth. And I just remembered one of the points because I sat in on that that panel and hung out and I, he's just made an analogy with people were talking about IPM and spraying and this and that. And he goes, and they were trying to promote the idea of nature. He goes like learning, looking at nature, you know. Uh, the trees and the plants and everything in the forest and all that, like we're not out there, you know, spraying shit. We're not trying to prevent this tree from getting PM or this tree. Sometimes we interact as humans, like when this, like an infestative beetle takes out all kinds of shit in the trees. But in in general, plants adapt, become stronger and are also working with the microbes in the soil and everything's a team and it's coming together to, yeah, as nature works. It's like looking to nature for the solutions sometimes in your garden, which I'm not saying you just let bugs run rampant, but it's very interesting. But yeah, plants have had, what, 100, 200 million years to adapt? Or pl- plants plants adapt a lot faster than uh, some other, like like us. Yeah, plants adapt a lot it. faster than us. Well, because part of our uh, mechanism for adapting is we can move. We can just pick up shop mm-hmm. and go somewhere else and find a more hospitable environment. A plant ha- has to be able to adapt to the environment that it's in and the pressures that are uh, being exerted on it. So, I mean, they're, they're in their genome, they're more adaptable and they're just able to adapt faster. Sure. And think about what, once every 30 years, a generation is 25, 30 years for, for human beings. Yeah. You know, you think about what do you got? Uh, I don't know, man. That, yeah, that's, Wait, uh, it, it can be like once every two and a half months. If you're just, if it's just seeding and yeah. over and over again, from yeah. Cannabis, so. yeah, that's super quick. <laughs> That's like making the point when people look, it was Adam Dunn in the talk making the point when you look at a plant's life cycle, uh, what is it, you know, flowering life cycle, 60, 70 days, sometimes longer flowering, right. those are hazes, can go to like 80, 90. Mm-hmm. He equates that the, the flowering cycle of the plant every day is a year in its life. So don't skip a day. Don't think, eh, my grow is totally good. You know, just make sure you're, you're, you're maximizing every day. Wow, a good, what a trip that is. You're right, man. Oh, and by the way, just I, I checked and made sure THC in me, completely available. 
All right, we'll get it now. <laughs> Better get it now. Uh, Start writing the book. I'll get the website. So, man, that'd be hard. How do you write a book? Oh, man. Do I have to write or just talk? Wait, we, we should make a picture novel. <laughs> Perfect. I want this to be for people like the younger children. THC and me. I got it. We're going to do it. I like it. Like Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. Okay. So uh, this is uh, other. – I'm going to another Grow Talk questions here. <laughs> yes, sir. I hope you guys are hanging in there. I feel like we're a little rusty off the break, but I think that's sometimes how it rolls when we don't we record are. a little bit. I apologize. I'm definitely rusty today, guys. And then sometimes you listen back, Scott, and you're like, damn, that was a good show. Thanks, Guru. Thanks for having right, so <laughs> This is other options to lower sealed room temps from bluegrass. Okay. He goes, hey, guys, I'm five weeks from seed into my latest grow, and so far, so good. I can't thank you guys enough for all the content. Thank you for digging it. It was best $10 a month I ever spent. This is where yeah. we need the soundboard. And you go, bam. Ah. Like Respect. We Use, appreciate the support, man. We really do. Using Build-A-Soil Coots Mix. Shout out Build-A-Soil. A good place to succeed with mixes. Yes. And following their complete growing system with addition of recharge, of course, growing in 10-gallon radical bags under HLG 550 V1. Happiest ladies I've ever grown. Yes. We need to get him like a, a NASCAR style jacket, man. DGC First, NASCAR style jacket. He's got all I, our crew. I bluegrass, I appreciate you voting with your dollars yeah. there. I mean, you did mention build a soil, you're using radical bags, and that's not because sometimes I feel like when that much shit is in the beginning of a question that it's like, dude, selling out. But I'm not gonna recommend stuff that is not gonna do well in your garden. That's not a cool freaking product. So appreciate that. Yes. All right. As my grow is progressing, I've decided I need to be able to drop night temps lower. Yes, you do. I'm learning more and more about this. I don't. I think there needs to be like a 30 degree differential now. Ooh. <laughs> no. A, I know. I know. That's a little much. That's just. That's just to grab their attention. Is all. Really, anyway, let me, let me keep narrating. Um, nighttime temps lower. Um, then my room is going on its own. I built a new eight by eight grow room and this looks like a pretty nice grow room, buddy. Looking at these pics here in my basement and decided with a little advice from the DGC to run it sealed. Yes, I'm using the Saturn six environmental controller to handle heat, humidity and CO2. So that's guys, that's a typical, not typical. You can get controllers that handle one thing, two things, three things right near. He's handling heat, humidity and CO2. And just a little advice. If you're building a grow room, and you're buying these controllers. You can get a controller. You can get something that just handles CO2. You can get something that just handles CO, humidity. You can just get something that handles them together. You can put, have that uh, mixed in with your uh, with your temperature. The more uh, things you control, uh, if the product breaks, if that one uh, product breaks, it's the more things that are down. So think about whether you want a centralized control box or a decentralized control box. You mean running different components, like if you on a greenhouse controller that controls all aspects yes. of your room and it breaks, you're like, shit. Yeah, you spent four grand on that thing and when yeah. it breaks, you're I don't CO2 run those either. I don't think you did. You're saying like I have a individual CO2 controller, yes. an individual humidity controller, yep. individual lighting, like all that's mm -hmm. individual. But if you're trying to have everything completely, completely dialed, it's a larger nice. scale. It's, maybe, on yeah. a larger scale, it's nice to be able to have it Dialed with the greenhouse controller, you can dynamically control humidity at day and night times. Everything is all, they're all in one. It's right. cataloging everything for you so yep. you can check back. 
the how you did one grow if it was better than everything else you can figure out from that you have all the data points to figure it out so i mean there's a time and a place for those and they're really cool on the small scale it's cheaper and easier most of the time to have everything individual and isolated um but when you get up to like a greenhouse it's kind of hard. You, you'd want to have it all on a controller. Yep. Just understand the trade. All I want to say is that there, there is a trade off. And if that one piece breaks, man, have a backup plan. Well, he's running 82 to 84 in the day, which sounds fine for his LED lighting. Right. And that's that's without AC. Nice. That's running efficient as hell. My night temps are about 72 to 74 when my controller lowers humidity after the light's out to remain proper BPD. Getting your shit dialed in, buddy. Uh, and I'd like to be lower than 72 to 74 myself. And this is more talking to bloom. When I'm in veg, I'm mimicking nature is what I'm trying to do. I'm not really trying to have a huge, if it's 10 to 15 degrees, fine. Once I get further into bloom, I want like, I go 15 to 20 degree at least difference. Sometimes 25 lights on, lights off. Um, and he goes, when my controller, and that guy's, that's grower style preference. That's not science. That doesn't mean you should do it. Take it, you know. Because you get a many. lot of color out of your weed, though, man. A lot of flavor out of it. So that might be one of your tricks. Well, and, and what are you running your humidities at night? Because just looking at your nighttime temperatures is only part of the picture of your environment. About 50. The, the humidity matters a lot, too, because you're going to get a spike in humidity as the lights go out and it starts to get cooler in the room and the dew point. Yeah. Yeah, and the dew point starts to change. And you really, if you have too big a drop in temperature, you get under the dew point, and then you know the water that's in the air is able to come out and condense on stuff. And you're trying, you're, and then you're just opening yourself up to uh, some pretty bad fungal pathogens that can get in your bud and just completely ruin it. All right, I can summarize some of the rest of this here. Basically, he wants the cooler night temps, so he has an option of pulling in air from outside via a four inch duct and he's going to use a dust room to filter it pathogens and you know mold mites whatever he's Mm -hmm. trying to have that air being clean which is affordable uh it's not always depending on your outside environment like as reliable where you don't want a radical environmental change where if in colorado big shit well my garden gets hot i'll just man it's only five degrees out tonight That'll be easy to cool it down, but you don't really want to do it like that. Right. As not to mention. Well, no, because think about it. What happens when you put a glass of ice water outside in Florida on a summer day? Yeah. Water, I mean, water just well, condenses all over. If you have, if you have a, a humid, hot grow room. Right. And then you're blasting like 50 degree air from outside into there. You're going to have just that make immediate it areas. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's basically going to make it rain there, and you really want to avoid having that. Sure. And you're going to have huge differences in different areas of your grow, too. So you, you don't have a homogenous grow environment. You have a cold, damp, like wet area and then a hot, yeah. humid area right. on the other side, and you really just want to avoid that situation all altogether. Yeah, they almost always pull air out of uh, out of the grows because I'm well because yeah, it's gonna find a way to equalize. Mm-hmm. If, if you're not in a tent and you're and you're not and you're pulling air out of that room, right? It's gonna find somewhere to come in from. Yes, ideally. I mean, you kind of want in that case, you want to control where it's coming from because you want to make sure that the air coming in is clean mm-hmm. and you're not just pulling from the cracks in the like floor well, he's, wall. He's got the. He, he's got the answer in the end. He's like, I know you guys are going to tell me. I was thinking about just getting a portable dual hose AC. For one, this thing is barely going to run. In an 8x8 area with the lights out, like, it's just, it's you're not even going to be 
making this thing work hard. Well, because I think he says the coldest uh, time in his grow room is right before the lights come on, that the temperature just slowly drops the entire time the lights are off. This AC is only going to run like the first five minutes the lights are off, get the room to temp, and then it's probably just going to hold. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, this is to add, to go to a sealed room allows you to do things like adding CO two, uh, huge performance upgrades, man. Especially you're pretty legit here, man. I mean, you're running an HLD. Dude, I love his room pictures. It looks really good. Yeah, I mean, he's but he's got legit equipment here, man. Oh, he's so. he's got CO two already. So even oh, does even, he? even yeah, I see okay. a tank in the second Fuck picture. Yeah. Run even that sealed even room. more of a reason to just go ahead and seal that whole room up. Mm-hmm. Start cranking the CO2, and then you're really going to be able to dial your VPD in. Yeah, and you're going to see a huge performance increase, man. All right, let's go to what do we have here? Other options? No, we just hit that from bluegrass. No more cotton-like buds. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right, man. I'm looking. I guess that means density. Like cotton-like is not dense enough. I would, I would imagine so, man. I'm this thinking Nay Nay, Nay Nay chiming in. This hello, dude, Scotty, and dude grows crew. Working on my second grow. First <laughs> on, time. Man, I'm laughing because I'm thinking about the first bud that I grew, and it was like it came in a cassette tape. Remember the cassette tape? What? Uh, you know what I mean? The cassette tape. Uh, uh, what, the uh, seeds? No, no, the weed itself, the the bud. Well, like you know, the case. It came, the, the case it, it came in the tape? case, and it was all fluffy, and it was like a cotton ball. You know, it was like a bunch of cotton balls stuck together, man. But that's what happens as I grew it under fluorescent lights, man. So, well, that's how you make cotton balls. Like Mark would say, it, like you just got to squish them a few, a few of those popcorn nugs together, and then you got a big bud. <laughs> anyway, I've never I, done that. It, it was like the size of the cassette, uh, like a cassette tape, though, man. It was kind of funny. It was uh, working on my second grow, first time indoor, and first with growing autos. And this is Nene. I believe she is trying to help uh, her husband who has cancer. So God, the DGC here has been helping out. Right. I had a decent harvest, my first outdoor grow, but the buds were very light and airy. I read that the temp, if the temp is kept below 80 degrees and humidity around 50 to 60, that I should be able to produce dense, dense buds. What kind of light do we have? Light, light is what's going to produce dense buds, man. My problem is that my lights, <laughs> which have built-in fans, are producing heat at around 90 with both bloom and vegetative switches on. And so it sounds like she has an LED, I think, maybe with – you can run it half or both, well, you know, full to have two different spectrums. Right. One's more in the red or – so she goes, I have um, built-in fans. Well, I have to clip a fan blowing right underneath the lights and a smaller fan running above, just trying to keep the heat moving away from canopy. Um, it says in a large fan. Okay. Part of the day I have only, I have my 12 here. It is 1200 watt Fizan. Okay. This is Billy's on. Uh, I I just, with a quick quick Amazon search of this, right? This is branded as a 1200 watt light. Mm Uh, Help us evaluate lights. It is it is a hundred fifty dollar LED blurple light Mm -hmm. off of Amazon. How many Uh, actual watts is it? Um, let's see. You said 150? 305 watts and it's $150. 
Okay, so help us. We're all trying to do the same thing here, man. We're trying to grow our own medicine. Um, I've gotten excited about seeing a 1,200-watt light for a good price you know, years ago, and you said your first light was a Mars 300-watt LED. <laughs> yeah. So, no, no, but we've all been here before. How do we evaluate lights, and then where's a good starting point as far as we've got a couple uh, ma uh, manufacturers uh, as sponsors. Where's a good starting point for somebody for a, a real simple LED light what uh, she did because she can't afford anything else probably well I mean I mean to be I honest with well, if it's getting her into growing I'm not saying if you if you're just you're just itching to grow and you can't I mean the, the well, spectrum king rapid LED sure you kind of have, have to know what's up to to look and find spectrum king and rapid LED and then know that they have uh, like cheaper, like the plug and play single, the 75 right. watt kits that hang. Sure. Pe people don't realize that those are around and they'll search on Amazon for LED grow light. Right. And something like this comes up and it seems really appealing and it talks it, and it has some kind of faux science about the targeted spectrum sure. for plant growth and everything. And people buy into that when there's no real data being listed with this light. There's no people well, the main things you want to look for. And if someone's listing this, then they're probably fairly legit with what they're doing. If they list a UMOL per joule or a PPF per watt, and right. they're not just trying to show you a PAR map or something like that. Um, and call that, them and see if they answer. Yeah. And call and see if there's someone there to talk to. Um, I mean, because there, there is a lot of snake oil in the industry sure. when it comes to LEDs. But if you, if you paid attention to the show for long enough, you know that, uh, we've worked with or are working with a couple of the like top top tier LED manufacturers in the horticultural space right now. So I would check out if you're looking for some a light that's actually going to perform and perform how the faux science these LEDs say they should perform. Then you want to look at uh, like Spectrum King or Rapid LED or HLG or just people like yeah. that where, where they list real data. They have integrated sphere data on their on their LEDs. Because the problem is, is that with these lights comes a lot of come a lot of heat. You know, light, light and heat have a, a direct relationship. And, and the, these lights have a better relationship with light and heat. Right. You're, you're getting less heat for more light with these with the. These lights, where these, we have absolutely no clue how efficient these are and how much heat this thing is putting off. I'm just assuming it's a lot. Sure. So I, I guess what she, she's asking, what's the advice on on temperature? You know, if you've got 90 degrees of temperature, that's going to cause uh, a bunch of problems in the, in the morphology of the bud and the actual structure of the bud. It's going to. Yeah, it's highly, highly ideal, highly unideal. It's yeah, like you're saying. <laughs> It's going to affect a lot of things, taste, flavor, taste. I've had a pretty decent harvest one time at low 90s because I had an AC problem out of money, this and that. But my CO2 was monitored digitally and controlled, and I kept it like 16, 1800 the whole time, which probably right. totally helped a lot with that. But 90 in any general situation, not ideal. And just that higher heat is going to start to mess with, like Scott was saying, the plant morphology and its leaf to calyx ratio. If you have a lot higher temperatures, you're going to have a higher leaf to calyx ratio. And that's where you're starting to get that like more larfy, fluffy, leafy bud. Yeah. It's because what about. Go ahead. And this is common. And her last question here, I'm not familiar with this product. What, what do you think a Humboldt County owned G10 to help in producing dense buds? 
because I'm not, I would buy nothing. Like you got to, like we started this question with lighting, 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 lighting. If you don't have the lighting you need. And in addition to the lighting, even though we're recommending other LEDs, you're still going to have the heat issue with those LEDs in your growing environment until you figure out adjusting. And also common handling the heat, common misconception in the cannabis community or cannabis growing community, or at least sometimes, uh, denser does not mean danker always like Paclo bud. Sounds like a rock when you drop it, man. Yeah, sounds like a rock when you drop it on Mm -hmm. the table. Is not danker than something that was a little bit leafier, but 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 wasn't grown with Paclo. So dense bud does not like. And for me, I'm no professional, but let's say it's if I'm going to try and judge something because eventually in cannabis judging on the depending on the format, you're judging on smell, you're judging on appearance, uh, flavor. You're probably not a, you're judging much on high as long you're already as, high as fuck. As long as it's not LARF, uh, density doesn't even come into like the the subject when I'm. It's hard to like I'm look into the cameras. flower. It's hard to pick it apart. It's just it's hard. Yeah, I just I'm not a. And I probably have like some leftover resentment from the days of people using it in proper products to create rocks, man, because they weighed a lot and they shipped good. But trichome well. density is something that's very much of interest to me. What's that? Trichome, trichome? density. How oh, many, yeah. How many tri- yeah, how many trichomes per you know square inch or you know whatever? I mean, that's what we're going for. Hey, we had 11 comments on here, so I appreciate it, guys. Southern Cough, Fear Nuke, and not a mean guy. Do you have a daytime job, buddy? You were just <laughs> – he is just kicking ass, giving a lot of good advice, guys. Awesome. Um, nay, nay, I hope they helped you out, and I uh, hope everything's going to go as good as possible. Uh, get in touch, man. Hit me up over at uh, – I think you have, over again, over at dogrows.com. Maybe we can – Maybe we can figure out getting you some gear or something. Yeah, there, there's some interesting stuff here. And I, but you got to check out what the limiting factor is. So it says like adding CO2. Fear Nuke starts talking about adding CO2. Uh, you got to – the see if CO2 is the limiting factor, add CO2. What most likely is a limiting factor here is light, though. The light's going to be your energy. So until, until you add more light, you can add all the CO2 you want. It's not going to help. Yeah. Agree. Environment. Start with the basics. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. I know everybody has different limiting factors when you're an indoor grower. You know, I say have your sealed room, take care of everything. And then also it's not just where you're at. It could be your budget for the for them from the get go. But in the end, you will win as far as going and buying it versus that. Well, All right. Yeah, let's but do- you, you just got to prioritize. You know what I mean? It's just like if you're building a, a car. You know what I mean? Or a race car. You can't just put an engine in. You can't just put a suspension in. And you have to, there's probably an order to buy all those for maximum efficiency. Or you could do it in 19 days or 19 years. I (laughs) I heard that guy from Gas Monkey Garage was on Rogan. And they got, he's like, the quickest we got now is like our average build. I think it was like 19 to 22 days. Right. And granted, there's a lot of other factors there. But anyway. Yeah, you could have a 600 horsepower car. That has that doesn't have the right tires, right? And you're not getting any efficiency from it, right? Yeah, you're talking about those people that lower a dually work truck, <laughs> something like that. The I've point is, it. you can have tons and tons of light, or you can have a 1900 pp ppm of CO2 going, but if you don't have it matched up with the proper amount of light and the proper amount of nutrition and the right amount of uh, of, of density of, of of flower per square foot, you're not going to get your yield. Yeah. 
man, you got just car analogies coming to me now. <laughs> yeah. Like, have you ever seen that badass Land Cruiser that always cruise up through the snow to go snowboarding? But if it has bad tires on it, it's hey, worthless. That's exactly right, man. Pick the wrong bulbs, bro. The new show, Car Talk, coming soon. <laughs> All right, moving on. TGC Outlet. There are seeds, guys. Uh, Indo Expo, we definitely had some breeders be kind to us. I'm not going to throw them all up there at once. Uh, but right now, there's still some Sunleaf Company. Some, that's what it's in Fort Collins, Sunleaf Company. Yeah, Sunleaf, from Sunleaf, Sunleaf seeds. Company. Mm-hmm. And a few then, more of those left. And if go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, so JR and I were just sitting there at an extraordinarily stoned moment, just checking out. We were start talking about the different seed breeders, man. And it is really interesting to kind of check out. Each one's got their own seed scene going. Each one has a, like almost like a chef where they have ingredients, their own ingredients that they specialize in or that they kind of, you know, keep close to the vest. They and, got their own flavors. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and it's all like it, there. It's another thing where it's. Uh, I don't think it's. I, I guess they, they're a, a bit more of a competition uh, with each other. But I love that there's all these different people, you know, d- different influences out there to grab from. Man, it's cool. Oh, oh I got like a sneeze on. <laughs> <laughs> You know why that happened? Because I just blew a big hit and I did one of the nose-only exhales. Uh-oh. Ouch. <laughs> That's pretty good. Sneeze is like 10% orgasmic, I think. Um, <laughs> oh, it's just a joy. It's cool that guys like, it was funny hanging out with James Bean because he's like the, I don't know what you call him, almost like the wrangler. You know what I mean? All oh, he's the guys, principal. The principal. His own words. <laughs> no, he's the principal. Yeah. Because there's all these personalities, oh. all these artists, and uh, yeah, man, they, I guess at the end, of the day they all do compete with each other so what is pro what does prohibition bring you know what if you're trying to make money at something and you know you're potentially what you're doing is completely illegal and there's jail time it brings risk takers sure it brings characters i'm not saying in a good or bad way both my buddy so that's used what to call i think them, we're seeing what's that my buddy used to call them shady opportunists <laughs> <laughs> nice. but regardless uh, as far as the seeds dudegrows.com ddc outlet guys uh, you go over there and see if the seeds are up. They're usually in stock. I'm keeping on top of it. I'm trying to adjust it every day. It's not like we have much stock. You know, we got a few packs here that we're just trying to get to support. Members get 30% off yep. with your membership on seed packs. I mean, this is another no-brainer. 30% off recharge, 30% off some seeds. So go over and check it out. We have the smoke, uh, stash jars in, too. And tell me who's slinging a recharge lately. Here we grow. Here we grow. Man, remember that Primus song? Here we grow. Oh, it's, <laughs> here they come, right? I don't yeah, know, man. Hadley, Massachusetts. Here we grow. Good stuff, right man. Dude, we got to get up there. Uh, the Northeast is to, just crushing it, man. We got to get to Oklahoma. Oklahoma's Colorado in 2009 right now. <laughs> I'm feeling I might get kidnapped if I go to Oklahoma, man. It just seems <laughs> like you say, I'm not leaving. Time. I'm not leaving for at least hey, as long two, as we don't two have three a, harvests. As long as we don't have a semi truck full of weed, I think we might be okay. Yeah. Keep yeah. us updated on that story, guys. I couldn't find anything today. How are those guys doing? Are they getting out? Uh, let me know. Uh, as well as if you have a store that doesn't have recharge, realgrowers.com forward slash samples. You can get some stick packs sent out to your store. Hook it up. Absolutely. Do some shout outs here. Sure. Let's do it, man. Oh, I, mi- I-, I missed Michigan Matt. Oh, man, I-, I wish you would have shown up this weekend. And uh, Callie Rooted. What's up, brother? Humidor, Chibador, <laughs> and Mile High Garden. Yo, yo. Yeah, Q Grows. Q Grows the Dank and Reefer Madness. 
Fire. Fire Farmer. And the Red-Eyed Jedi. Don't forget about Phineas Foggs and Gary Holmes. All right, peace out, guys. Stay higher, friends. Take her easy, dude. I will now turn it up. Some people love to blaze up the deck. Yeah, we get happy for noon. And when the boss says is to take a little break, that means we're lighting up a dude. It's just weed. It's just weed. I like to keep the good buzz on, on, on. It's just weed. It's just weed. In my toolbox, there's a bone. Some people start their day off with a pill. It's what the doctor says to do. They shake their heads at natural medicine. Go ahead and try something new. new, new. It's just weed. It's just weed. I like to keep the good on. It's just weed. It's just weed. I like to smoke it out in Just look at how he's being paid.